What's up, everybody? Welcome episode 540 of the Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you. It is December 18th, 2023. We're inching closer to Christmas Day. Hopefully everybody is starting off their work week well. Because we're approaching Christmas, I want to go through a Padres Christmas wish list, or at least my Padres Christmas wish list. Which players do I want? What positions do I want the Padres to be shoring up here? Not going to happen all before Christmas. I don't know how much is going to happen before Christmas, but before spring training, what do I want done here with this Padres team? Obviously, there have been some trades already. Like We can go over that here first, just recap quickly what's happened this offseason and then what I want to happen. And, of course, give your thoughts in the comments on YouTube, on social media, at Talking Fires on Twitter and Instagram. What do you want this Padres front office to be doing this offseason before Christmas, after Christmas, before spring training? What do you want them to accomplish? First off, before I get to my list, so just kind of recapping what has happened so far. Obviously, Mike Schilt was hired as the manager after Bob Melvin leaves to the San Francisco Giants. The Padres, they trade Scott Barlow to the Cleveland Guardians. They get back Angel De Los Santos, and they save money there. They trade Juan Soto and Trent Grisham to the New York Yankees. They get back some arms, Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez. They get back Michael King, Drew Thorpe, Kyle Higashioka, and they save a bunch of money there. And then they trade over the weekend, or Friday, I guess, right? They trade Matt Carpenter and Ray Kerr in a salary dump to the Atlanta Braves and get back an outfield prospect. So what the Padres have done this offseason is really free up some room, and now the question is, are they going to go spend that money? Now, I think we need to expect them not to go spend the money on superstars. The superstars are already here. Like, I see that sometimes on social media, like, oh, no more superstars. Don't go expect any more superstars. Yeah, okay. But I feel like it's th those comments are, oh, man, we're, we're broke. Where I, I don't see it that way. They're still, if they spend this money and $200 million, let's say, or, you know, Dennis Lynn wrote in The Athletic that a little less or a little more than less than $200 million is where the Padres might be because of the CBT number, right? Let's say they're around 180. That's still one of the better payrolls in Major League Baseball. There could be way worse situations. And as Padres fans, I think we're, we're used to having a much lower payroll than uh, the, the bigger teams in baseball, right? And guess what? Bringing in a bunch of superstars that can win you an offseason, that does not win you the World Series. That does not guarantee you a World Series win that doesn't guarantee you a spot in the World Series. So let's just keep that in mind. The superstars are already here. What this offseason is about was creating more flexibility and now getting those important pieces around the superstars. And the superstars need to play better in 2024 if the Padres want to get to where they want where they want to be. And Jeff Passan put out this tweet, uh, I believe it was last night, just going through how much money every team in Major League Baseball has spent this winter. The Dodgers are obviously on top at 717 mil, mostly because of the Shohei Otani contract. Then there's the Phillies, D-backs, Giants, Royals, Cardinals, Reds, Tigers, Braves, Rangers, Mets, White Sox, Orioles, 
Astros, Brewers, Angels, Guardians, Nationals, Pirates, A's. Yeah, st still haven't said Padres yet. Rays, Red Sox, Blue Jays, Cubs, Mar yeah, Mariners, Marlins, Rockies, Twins, Yankees, and Padres. Zero dollars the Padres have spent in free agency. Guess what? Free agency is not the only way to build a roster. A.J. Preller has pulled off some good trades in the past, some bad ones as well, but he has put together some good rosters in the past, and a lot of it was because of trades that he has made. So he can still make trades here. There's still plenty of time before spring training. We still got a couple of months before spring training where A.J. can construct this roster. Sure, you want your GM to go spend money and make free agent signings. Because free agent signings, you know, those are easier to talk about because we know who is available on the free agent market. With trades, we know some of the guys that are available. We don't know all of the guys that are available, right? So I think that some people, you know, we tend to gravitate towards, oh, this free agent's available. This free agent's available. But there's other ways that you can build a roster. So I'm right now, I'm at the spot where it's like, all right, just relax. Sure. Maybe it's not the 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 best thing to put your full faith in AJ Preller just because he hasn't consistently gotten this this team into the postseason. And if you're that fan, I totally understand that. But we we don't have a choice. AJ Preller, he's the guy. He's running the show. I understand where this Padres team is going this offseason. It's pretty clear where they're trying to go here. So I think we just have to trust in that plan that they have. And, you know, AJ even said it like they're it seems like they're waiting till January. Maybe they'll get some good deals then some good buys. And then I think trades are going to be happening more trades than the Padres have already done. They've already done a few. I think that there's going to be at least another one um, just because that's probably the, the, the best way to go about building this roster and make it as complete as you possibly can. Um, again considering the circumstances that they're in. So let's go through my wish list. Fan graphs, the CBT number, the competitive balance tax. The threshold is 237. I think that's the first threshold. The Padres are at a little over $205.2 million. So they have around $31.7 million of room to work with before they get to, I believe, that 237 number and they want to be under the 237 number dennis lynn he wrote in the athletic over the weekend that the padres they were pursuing jung-hoo lee um, according to people briefed on the club's thinking the padres might be inclined to open next season with a payroll that is more than a little lower than 200 million dollars a number that has been widely reported as a rough target they would prefer to stay under Major League Baseball's $237 million luxury tax threshold in 2024. Fangraph's projections have the Padres carrying a $152 million payroll and a luxury tax figure of $205 million, which is determined using the AAV of each rostered player's contract. COTS contracts, they have the CBT number, though, at $199, the, the luxury tax figure for the Padres. So... Some sites say they have more room. Some say they don't have as much room. So who really knows? But without further ado, here is my wish list. So I'm not spending, what, like 40 or $50 million on free agents or whatever in my wish list here. 
because I'm not thinking that's how much the Padres have. I'm thinking more in the AAV because that's what goes towards the luxury tax. And not all of these are player acquisitions. As you will see here, the first item here on my wish list, fill out the coaching staff. Who's going to be the third base coach? Who is going to be the bench coach? Who is going to be the hitting coach? Ryan Flaherty obviously lent, he obviously left, excuse me, and went to the Chicago Cubs to be under Craig Council, who made the move, obviously, which was really surprising when that happened because David Ross was the manager of the Cubs at that time. Craig Council going from the Brewers to the Cubs, and then Pat Murphy, former Padres coach, he gets to be the manager of the Brewers. So Flaherty's gone. Matt Williams, Ryan Christensen, they followed Bomell, obviously, to the San Francisco Giants, which should not have surprised anyone because they were with Bomell in Oakland as well. They're just his guys. They weren't going to stay in San Diego. So third base coach, who is that going to be? I mean, Phil Nevin, he has prior third base coach experience. I don't think Glenn Hoffman's going to come out of retirement. I think he's doing well. I don't know. I don't know who that guy would be. Um, Phil Nevin as a bench coach. I mean, he has bench coach experience as well with the Angels when Joe Madden was the manager before Nevin took over when Madden was fired. He took over as the manager of the Angels. There's Benji Gill, obviously, who I believe is a manager in the Mexican Winter League right now. Could be wrong on that, but I think that's where he is. That should not stop him from being able to coach with the Padres at the big league level during the Major League Baseball season because those are two different times of the year. So having a coaching staff with Benji Gill on it, with Phil Nevin on it, both guys have local ties. Benji Gill from the area, Phil Nevin used to play for the Padres, you know, from the area. Um, I think those are fits. I guess the question is, does Mike Schilt like those guys? Does he want guys that interviewed for the Padres manager job to be on his staff as well? I think if you're Mike Schilt, if they're going to make this team better and they're going to give you a different viewpoint that can help you make better decisions in game, before game, then you welcome them onto your staff. Are they all in on helping this Padres team win? If that's the case and they're okay with taking a smaller role on the coaching staff, important role, but you're not the manager, and if they're okay with that, then I think you should definitely look at that. So we'll see when this coaching staff gets announced. But, um, yeah, I'd like the Padres to fill out the coaching staff here. Hopefully it's sometime before Christmas, sometime this week. I think Dennis Lynn wrote, the, or maybe it was, it was uh, I think it was Lynn or AC wrote that the Padres coaching staff should it could be announced sometime this week. So that's something that's on my wish list. Another thing that is on my wish list, this is starting with acquiring players. And that guy is Max Kepler from the Minnesota Twins. Kepler, it would be a one-year deal. He's a free agent after the 2024 season. One year, $10 million. Can give San Diego... 130 games, that's what he gave last year. I think he gave that another time in the last, like, four years in his career. Left-handed hitter, 24 home runs last year, a, a 121 OPS plus, someone that probably can be a two-hitter in the lineup. I know maybe he'd, he'd go lower than that, but do the Padres want four straight righties right off the top? If Kim's still on the team, Kim, Tatis, Manny, Bogarts, that's four righties right off the top. You probably want a lefty in there, but do they want Crony to be hitting second or have him lead off. You probably don't want him hitting third or fourth. So 
that's where it's like, okay, maybe we should go acquire like a real first base power left-handed bat that we can stick there. Or maybe Mike Schultz like, hey, I don't really care. I'm just going to go with the best guys uh, at the top. Um, but Kepler, it's a lefty bat, someone that can play, I believe, all three outfield positions. He mainly plays right field, but I'm sure he'd be able to play left field. Soto, who's not as good defensively as Kepler, he moved from right to left. And I'm not going to say he was great, but I think it made him a little bit more valuable defensively, him being in left field than being in right field. Kepler, he can play center field as well. So maybe the Padres don't want to bring in Harrison Bader. I think Spot Track had his market value at $15 million on a one-year deal. And I'm like, what the heck? Or at least 15 mil per year is what Spot Track put. And I'm like, I'm not paying Harrison Bader $15 million a year to be hitting at the bottom of my lineup. Sorry, I'm not doing that. And that's another righty. So maybe Kepler, if the Padres acquire him, he would go and play center field, not left. I think Tatis, you stick him in right. You keep him in right. You just want a platinum glove in right field. I think that's just the smartest thing to do. Um, and, you know, just, just leave him there. He's comfortable there. And so it's really about left field and center field. Kepler, I would probably stick him in left and bring in Kevin Kiermaier. That's someone else that's on my wish list. If it's like one year, seven mil, I don't think that's too much. I know he's not going to bring you much offensively, but it is another left-handed bat. And yes, it, it's pretty much Trent Grisham, but just uh, a little bit more expensive. Like both guys aren't great offensively. Grisham probably has more power potential. Probably going to hit some more home runs than Kevin Kiermaier will. But Kiermaier, I think he has a better arm than Grish does. He's really good defensively. He has plenty of years uh, in the big leagues playing center field. Like I, I could watch, he, he's another one of those center fielders that I could watch go play defense all day long. Like he is just so fun to watch. So spending $17 million combined for one year on Kepler and Kiermaier to be left field and center, I don't think that's too bad. Both guys are lefties. So then you would have Crony, you would have Kepler, Kiermaier, and maybe another guy if he's going to be a DH at some point or. If, let's say, Kim gets traded and Crony's at second, then you have that lefty be at first base, let's say. Then the, the lineup suddenly becomes more balanced, lefty and righty. Um, if they can't get Kevin Kiermaier, because Jacob Marcy's name, it, it gets mentioned, right? Because he, we don't have a center fielder right now. Tatis, keep him in right. Marcy just played well in the Arizona Fall League. I had Jim Callis on the show this past week. If you missed that, go check that out, podcast platforms and on YouTube. And he is like, no, it's unrealistic if Jake, to expect Jacob Marcy to be ready to play center field on opening day. That He would be surprised by that. In the Arizona Fall League, it's the worst pitching that he's seen, according to Jim Callis. Worst pitching in the Arizona Fall League that he's seen. So let's take Marcy's performance with a little bit of a grain of salt, like let's just realize the circumstances there. He was playing in Arizona in spring training. You know, he wasn't playing in spring training, but he was playing on the spring training fields. And spring training performances sometimes can not be the whole truth and they can be a little bit deceiving, right? So let's pump the brakes there on Marcy. He's played like 16 games in double A. Opening day, I think that's a stretch, but maybe second half of the season. So if they don't want to pay Kevin Kiermaier 
if his price gets too much. Michael A. Taylor, let's say he goes back to the Minnesota Twins because they need to have a center fielder because they can't rely on Byron Buxton. It sucks to say, I love watching Buxton play, but they can't rely on him every day. So let's say they're running out of options. They don't want to pay Harrison Bader. What if they bring in Kevin Pillar? I know it's he's not a lefty, it's a righty. He it's not like he's gonna bring you anything offensively, but it would be cheaper. It would be a one-year deal, someone that can go get it in center field in the outfield. Some might say, well, isn't that just Adam Angle last year? And look how that worked out. Okay, that's true, but I don't know. I, I view Kevin Pillar still on a different level than Adam Angle. Like, was Adam Angle Maybe he was. Maybe he was getting everyday playing time with the White Sox. But Kevin Pillar, and maybe I'm living in the past too much. So like last year, he played, how many games did he play? He played only 81 games for the Braves. Averages 228, OPS 664. Like it's not going to blow you away. I understand that. That's not why you're acquiring Kevin Pillar. You're acquiring Kevin Pillar for his defense. And if I go to the defense on Baseball Savant, sorry, I'm talking a little bit slower because I'm waiting for the internet to load here. Arm strength is in the red. Sprint speed, it's in the red. Not dark red, but it's in the red. You know, like that's that's why you're acquiring Kevin Pillar is the defense. And this is not someone that is going to cost too much. Now, they could go acquire a center fielder. They could make Max Kepler the center fielder. And I think that opens up more options for left field because I think there's more left field options that you could go get on a one-year deal that you're willing to pay better offensively than the one-year center fielder options. So maybe that's what they do. I don't know. Is there a center fielder out there? Let me know in the comments if there's a center fielder out there that the Padres could go trade for. Like, realistically, that would be an upgrade over any of the free agent center fielders. Um, but yeah, acquiring Kepler and Kiermaier, I think that's solid. Like, having a, an outfield of Kepler, Kiermaier, and Tatis, I think that's pretty solid. So, okay, acquire Kepler, sign Kiermaier, fill out the coaching staff. Clear up the first base situation is another thing that I have on my list. Trade Hassan Kim, is it trading Jake Cronenworth? Clear it up somehow. Going back with the same, the, the same alignment of Manny, Bogarts, Kim, and Cronenworth. After it didn't work in 2024, or 2023, excuse me. You expect it to work in 2024, to the level of getting to the World Series. I don't think that's the best thing to expect. I think you need more offense, more power out of that first base position. And I don't expect Jake Cronenworth to all of a sudden go hit you 30-plus home runs playing first base. You have Jake Cronenworth long-term. You don't have Ha-Sung Kim long-term. Is Ha-Sung Kim the better player than Jake Cronenworth right now? Yes. Would the Padres rather have Kim long-term than Cronenworth? Yeah, probably. But you've already made that decision, and I see a bunch of people on social media, trade Jake Cronenworth, extend Ha-Sung Kim. That's way easier said than done. That is way easier said than done. 
Who's going to take the Jake Cronenworth contract? I've already discussed this. What are you going to get back in return that you like? So, like, you needed both sides of the equation there. The other team needs to want them. You're probably not going to want to eat too much of that salary, if any of it, right? It would be a dump. And you still probably want good pieces back that can help you now. So, like, how are you going to find that deal? Hassan Kim, you can find that deal. Someone will take one year, $7 million only, of Hassan Kim, one of the better defensive infielders in all of baseball, one of the more valuable players in the entire National League this past season. They will take one year of Hassan Kim, a guy that can play third, short, second, can hit pretty much anywhere in the lineup. They will take that. And what do the Padres need? Pitching. So they could do that, move the guy that you have long-term back to the position that he's most comfortable with, to the position that he will give you the most value from, because he's not. it's not first base. It's second base. So how about do that, make Jake you know, the most comfortable that he can be, and maybe he can go out and give you a better season in 2024. Sure, you want Hassan Kim on your team, but this is the, 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 the position that the Padres have put themselves in. So maybe the best thing is, hey, you clear up the first base spot by moving Crony to second, you trade Kim, you get pitching back, you could get a reliever and a starter back maybe for Hassan Kim. Someone like the, or a team like the Miami Marlins, where you could get back an A.J. Puck and a, I think Trevor Rogers, you know, a, a four starter, and you can get a high leverage reliever. Okay. For Hassan Kim, maybe you have you try to get a prospect in there, but you can get back that. They're not making a ton of money, so you'd save money on that deal as well. You clear up first base, you can bring in a lefty first baseman, and I think that gives you more of a complete roster. And it makes more sense positionally. You know, Jake Cronenworth, I think he's pretty darn good defensively at second base. And you might say, well, Hassan Kim is better defensively at any position over any other player. Okay, but he's here for one year. You know, and the Padres don't have a complete team. They don't have a ton to work with. So that's where, like, the trade thing again comes into this. And maybe that's the best thing for this franchise, not to just go out and do everything in free agency, but to use some of the valuable assets you're selling at Kim's Peak, the highest point, highest value back, maybe it was before this offseason, but you get my point. It's not going to be higher than what it is probably right now. So I think that they got to look for what's best for this team now and in the long term. Can you build more of a complete team by dealing Hassan Kim? Because Cronenworth has versatility as well. Kim's better offensively, though, than Cronenworth. But what if you bring in a first baseman that's good offensively? And then you add Cronenworth to that, who's going to have a better offensive year, in my opinion. And you add that to Bogarts having a better offensive year and Manny having a better offensive year and Tatis having a full offseason. And let's say they acquire Max Kepler. Pretty good. I know it's not Juan Soto, but pretty good. You add that up, and you have more of a complete pitching staff, then maybe you can make up for the loss of someone like Hassan Kim. So it's something to think about. Um, I don't want to go as far as saying maybe my opi- my opinion will change in the next day or next couple of days, but as of now, I don't want to go as far as saying as excuse me as putting Hassan Kim trade Hassan Kim. I'm not putting that on my wish list, 
but it's something that on the wish list is think about it. Clear up this first base situation. How are you going to do that? That's the big question. I don't think they want to have Crony be sitting on the bench. If it's trading Jake Cronenworth and you can find a move for that, then okay, you know, that, that helps clear up the first base situation, but clear it up somehow. I just don't think it's best to have Crony, Kim, Bogarts, Manny again and expect to be this World Series team. And then what's happening beyond 2024 when Hassan Kim goes because you still have Cronenworth here and you have all these long-term contracts and now he goes, he wants $150 million from someone. Maybe more than he wants the 177, the Dansby contract that he got from the Chicago Cubs, right? Um, so yeah, free agency wise, who is out there? CJ Crone, Brandon Belt, Reese Hoskins, Carlos Santana. Santana and Belt are lefties. So those are options there. Hoskins, I don't know how high that price tag is going to get. I think I've said this before. If it's 17, 18 million dollars for one year, is, is that in the price range for the Padres. Does that make sense for the Padres? CJ Crone, if you add him, I mean, he's a Padre killer. He is a righty, though. So it's a first baseman, for sure. And he'll give you more power, probably, than Crony. But it is a righty. So are the Padres going for, we want the best lineup. I don't care if it's all righties. Just if these are our best options, we're going with our best options. Are they going that, or are they going to value... We need some lefties on this team. Um, so it's a question, and maybe in the trade, maybe in a trade, if there is one of Crony or Kim, they can get back pitching. And the pitching will not cost $14 million for one year of someone. Not going to cost $16 million on a two-year deal for someone with an injury history, like Michael Walker. Not going to cost three years $45 million for someone like Seth Lugo. Where Lugo's a good pitcher, I'm just saying, like these free agent prices, Look at what Kenta Maeda got and Jack Flaherty. Look what they got. So trades feels like the way to go when you're trying to cut payroll and create, still build more of a compl uh, complete roster. You're still trying to contend. You can get guys that are under control. Someone like Trevor Rogers, who's expected to make a million dollars, not 14. Um, who else did I say? AJ Puck, $1.2 million not $20 million a year, like Josh Hader probably wants in free agency, right? So someone like that, um, acquire Dylan Cease is on my list. I During the Jim Callis interview, I asked him about Dylan Lesko and was like, hey, what? so Dylan Lesko, and I think I added, I, I think that might be too much. I've thought about it, and I'm like, no, actually, I don't think that's too much. I, I think Giving up Lesko, who is young still, he's not as far along as Robbie Snelling is. He does. He already has had Tommy John. He's years away, and the Padres need to win now. Do you want to win years away? Yeah, you do. But I think the pot that the Padres they still have talent. Even if they have to deal Lesko, they will still have talent, pitching talent, young pitching talent, and they still have Musgrove and Darvish on these long-term deals to take them for the next, what, four years for Musgrove and like, what, five years for, for Darvish. So they'll still have the talent there. I say Lesko, Savala, Samuel Savala, who I think was in single A. 
I think that's or, or advanced day. I should say. Lake Elsinore, I think is where he was this past year. He's still years away as well. So dealing those two guys, you, you have Tatis long-term, obviously. You have Graham Pauly coming up, who I think he's played a little bit of an outfield, but you have Jacob Marcy coming up, right? So if you don't part with Marcy, you part with Zavala, well, Marcy's closer to the big league. Snelling, Iriarte, Mazur, um, who am I forgetting? Thorpe, Ryan Berger, guys like that, you'd still have them in your system. And you'd get Dylan Seats for two years, a guy that can be a frontline starter, and you add that to Musgrove and Darvish and Michael King, maybe you go make another addition if you trade for a starter. Let's say it's someone like Trevor Rogers, And you can have him battle with Pedro Avila for a five spot. You acquire more depth for the pitching staff. That's not going to cost $14 million a year to acquire the depth on the pitching staff, right? So little ways like that. Dylan Cease, he's projected to make, I think, $8.3 million in 2024. So again, that's a better pitcher than some of these guys that are making, like, what, double that? Almost double that? And it's not Cease for one year. It's Cease for a couple of years. Now, are you going to extend that guy long term? Probably not. But it's the multiple years of control that I think should be appealing to this Padres team. You look at the ERA last year. Is it great? No. 458 ERA, a 1-4 whip can be better, but he still had over 200 strikeouts, had 177 innings, had over 30 starts. Like he's going to post. He's going to make starts for you. The last three years, 2021, 32 starts, 2022, 32 starts, 2023, 33 starts. The starts are going to be there. He was second in the Cy Young in 2022. Like it's in there. Ruben Diebla, work with him. That's someone that I want in my rotation. And the pod, like I asked Jim Callis the other day, do the Padres have that? To, can they deal for Dylan Cease? Can they make that deal? And it's like, yeah, yeah, they can make the deal. It's just a question of will they make the deal, right? But yeah, someone like Dylan Cease, I want someone like that in the rotation, especially when you have multiple years of control like that. You have Thorpe that can come up at some point in 2024 and Mazur and Iriarte. All of a sudden, the pitching depth does look pretty good, in my opinion, if some of these moves happen. More pitching depth. So if there, if it's a Kim trade uh, with Miami, for example, where, like I talked about, A.J. Puck, who can be a reliever for you. You need relief help. You need relief help. You need arms. Trevor Rogers, or I don't think Jesus Lazardo is going to happen, um, but would Bra- I don't think Braxton Garrett would happen either. Let me check out some other arms in this rotation. For the Marlins, let's see here. Perez wouldn't happen either. Edward Cabrera, you might have to give up more, or it would just be Edward Cabrera, not more than that. Um, Let's see. Max Meyer or Mayer. I think he was a first-round pick for the Marlins out of Minnesota. So someone like that, where it's controllable, they're not making a ton of money, and the Marlins have a lot of pitching, so they can do that if they want to. Marlins, I think they have John Birdie as their shortstop. It says Amaya here, but I saw, I think, on on the Marlins roster, yeah, Jacob Amaya is in AAA. 
He only played four games for the Mar. I think it could be John Birdie there. So, I mean, they could use an upgrade there at shortstop. Luis Arise, I think they're fine with him at second base, but I don't think he's the best defensive player. Birdie also can play a little bit of third. I think they have Jake Berger there at third base too. So a team like that, and I'm sure I'll talk about more about a Hassan Kim trade here probably later this week, so stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, something like that where you can get pitching depth because the pitching, the free agent market, and A.J. Preller, he was telling Kevin Acey this after they made the Carpenter deal about the flexibility and all that, and he mentioned January. Like, that was part of his quote. Let me go find that. Here, this was, it was, he either told AC or Sanders this. Just having some dollar flexibility, AJ Preller said, obviously, you've got to be able to spend on players, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, whether it's trade or free agency. When the market kind of stabilizes, guys get to January and they're looking for places to play, there might be some good buys out there. So like he mentioned January. Like, I think he realizes, yeah, these free agent prices, too much. We're not going to be in that. Certain guys, okay, but like Lugo, for example, they offered a lower AAV than the Royals did, you know? So they're willing to spend, but at their price and probably stretch out the years, not, not give you $14 million a year if you're Jack Flaherty coming off of a down year, right? Down a couple of years, I guess. So they're just waiting, waiting for these bigger guys to sign, waiting for these markets, maybe waiting for these guys. Oh, man, didn't get as much as I thought. I can, It's not pitching, but Jerickson Profar last offseason is someone that I remember, right? Talking, oh, I want the Andrew Benintendi deal. That was Boris, right, to, to people about Profar. Five years, 75 mil, I think, is what Jim Bowden projected at one point for Jerickson Profar. And... I'm like, you're not getting five mil, excuse me, you're not getting five years for $75 million. That's not happening. So where are you gonna where are you gonna go? No team's giving you that. And he ended up getting a one-year deal with the Colorado Rockies. So is that something that Preller is waiting for with this pitching market? A lot of teams need pitching, and there's still plenty of time in this offseason. And we're gonna continue. I have a feeling we're gonna continue having names come off the board that the Padres maybe were interested in or we thought would have been good fits with the Padres and they go sign elsewhere because the Padres want that price to come down and they're just not comfortable committing the years or committing the amount of money per year to those guys. And maybe trades is the way that the Padres are going to have to go because these for agents that get left in January, mid-January or whatever, maybe they're not going to be super impactful or enough in the Padres' eyes to be in the rotation like Michael King was in the Padres' eyes, right? Um, so, yeah, we shall see, but I feel like we're going to be more on the waiting game thing. Alex Wood is out there, Martin Perez, Michael Lorenzen, Julio Tehran, just some other free agent one-year deal guys. There's obviously like Corey Kluber, James Paxton, Domingo Herman, Frankie Montas, but there's questions there with injuries and age for some of those guys. So we'll see. You know, it's not... Uh, don't expect them to bring back Blake Snell. Don't expect them to bring in Josh Hader. Don't expect them to be in Yamamoto or anyone like that. That's just not where they're at right now. And I don't even know if that, I mean, 
yeah, it wouldn't be the smart thing to go give another person a long-term deal. So, yeah, the trades, I think, is the the best spot to go right now. Um, I'll get to my last part of the wish list, but first, so some of these guys that I have talked about here, Dylan Cease, Trevor Rogers, A.J. Puck, Max Kepler, Kevin Kiermaier, Martin Perez, Brandon Belt, right, outfield, pitching, first base, guys like that. I added all those guys up. Their projected salaries, Cease at 8.3, Rogers at 1, Puck 1.2, Kepler at 10, Kiermaier at 7, Martin Perez 10.7. I'm just going off a of spot track what their expected value is. Brandon Belt, 2.5. Add those up, and it gets 40.7. Now, at the beginning, I said 31.7. Around that is how much room the Padres have, CBT-wise, according to fan graphs. But Cots Contracts has it at a different number, so we don't really know what that number is. If, let's say, I need the number to get down lower than 40.7, maybe you take Martin Perez, and instead of signing him, you sign, I don't know if Alex Wood would be cheaper. Maybe that's one year, seven mil. Um, or would Julio Tehran, would that be cheaper? Now, that's someone that you probably have to put in your rotation or at least give him that shot to battle for the five spot. You're not going to be able to do what you did last year, right? I think he, if he's going to sign, I think he wants that rotation spot or at least that chance in the big leagues at the beginning of the year like Seth Lugo got with the Padres because he already did that, 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 that dance with the Padres where he came in, battled for a spot, probably should have made the opening day roster, didn't. And then he ended up going to the Milwaukee Brewers and actually pitching in the rotation. And I think for a period of time there, he pitched pretty well for the Brewers. So maybe you have someone cheaper, save a little bit. Maybe it gets the number down to like 36.7. Maybe instead of Kiermaier or Kepler, let's say, maybe it's a Rosarena. Um, because it was Margot, not a Rosarena, that's going to the Dodgers. And a Rosarena is, I want to say, 7 mil is his projected salary. Hang on. I'm going to look this up. Randy contract. Projected salary is like 6. No, 7. Yeah, 7. So maybe you go Randy instead of Kepler. Okay, that saves you another few mil. So then you're down to... More like 33, maybe you go Pilar over Kiermaier. That saves you a little bit more, and that gets you down to that number. But let's say they have more than the 31.7, because we don't truly know what the number is, let's say, and they can go get some of those guys. But that's just me adding it up. Maybe, and all of these guys aren't going to get exactly those numbers. It's just a rough estimate. But that's three, four, five, six, seven players there. And let's say it's the estimated number. Cease, Rogers, Puck, Kepler, Kiermaier, Perez, Belt. Adds up to a little over $40 million. And I think that's... A lot of those would be like one-year deals. So that would just be the AAV anyways. Whatever you get for that one-year deal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of my wish list. At least player acquisition-wise. The other one, Eric could send it to speak. Maybe it's spring training when he speaks, but I'd like him to speak. Does it mean everything? No, I mean, their actions speak louder than their words, spending-wise and all that. But 
Padre fans have never heard this person talk. Never. We've seen a, I've seen like one picture of Eric Gutsenda. The one picture that you look up his name on the internet and you see it. That's on the Seidler Equity Partner website, whatever. That's who you see. So tell the fan base, Eric, who are you? What do you stand for? Not just a written statement, but like show yourself, speak to the fan base. You know, show that passion when you're speaking to the fan base. Maybe that will go no way. Maybe that'll go a long way. But I'd like to see Eric Kutsen to speak just to just to hear what he sounds like. And maybe I will see, you know, that 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 vision, that passion in his in his eyes or I'll hear it in his voice when he's talking. Um, but, yeah, I want to see that. I'd like to hear from Eric Gutner. I thought that's when we were going to hear from him was the Mike Chilt press conference. When after Schilt talked, maybe there was going to be a side session with Kutsenda and Grupner. I think Grupner, Grupner was there. Kutsenda, I don't believe, was there. So is Kutsenda in San Diego? I would think going to the manager press conference is, you know, the introductory press conference for the manager is something that you'd want to do, but maybe he was busy doing something. Who knows? But I'd like him to speak. That's not something that has to happen, but just like for Christmas, right? I mean, how old I am now? Old. I'm, I'm not old, but you get my point. I'm not seven. I don't make like a Christmas wish list, like whatever happens, happens. Um, I view it more as a day like, man, I'm, I'm grateful to continue to have another day. I'm grateful that my family has another day. That's kind of how I view it. Um, but it, it's, you know, when we were younger, you make a wish list. And you're like, I hope I get this. Doesn't mean you're going to get it, but you hope you're going to get it. So that's kind of what's on my wish list here. Fill out the coaching staff, acquire Max Kepler, sign Kevin Kiermeyer, clear up the first base situation, acquire Dylan Cease, more pitching depth, Eric Kutsenda to talk. That's, that's my wish list. What's your wish list? Put it in the comments. Thank you so much for watching. This is episode 540, Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. If you have any ideas, any episode you want me to do, feel free to hit me up. Put it in the comments if you want to as well um, on some episode ideas. I love interacting with fans, and uh, I'll definitely take recommendations for sure. See Geek Code Talking Friars, $20 off your order. Underdog Fantasy, 100% deposit match up to $100. There's great pickums going on there. Underdog Fantasy. The NFL season's coming down uh, to the wire. There's obviously college basketball, college football, bull season here underway. NBA, NHL. There's a lot of stuff going on. So feel free to use that to your advantage. BreakingT.com and Foco have some good Padres holiday ideas. If you're still kind of lollygagging on that, you're getting it's getting close. So click the link in the description. Breaking T, some Padres, Aztecs, and Wave shirt and shirts and sweatshirts foco they have some good bobbleheads over there and gaglion bros they've got their main location on friars road best cheesesteaks and garlic fries in san diego make sure to hit them up you got the phone number the address on uh, at their website link in the description there thank you everyone for the time i really do appreciate everyone's time i don't take it for granted you chose to listen watch me for you know 40 plus minutes today thank you so much 
Have a great rest of your day, and I'll talk to you all later. See ya.